Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Woolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that lasted only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Woolahan. You brought your wife. Maybe we can play Spin the Bottle. That is a strange quote to go with. It's it's the one that stands out most to me because it's the weirdest quote. Uh, we are doing the six short series, Mina and the Count. Yes. Which is unique among series because it straddled two networks. It uh, The original pilot aired on Cartoon Network, but all subsequent shorts aired on Nickelodeon as part of Oh Yeah Cartoons. Oh, okay. So only the first episode was on... Oh, what a cartoon. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The uh, first episode aired in November 1995, mm-hmm. and another episode would not air until 98. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. That That makes a lot of sense now, thinking about all the things I had to say about this show. Now, What a Cartoon and Oh Yeah Cartoons were actually uh, both from the same animation company. Okay. Uh, Frederator Studios. Uh, They had a number of these kinds of cartoon shows uh, that were based in essentially being incubators for a possible new series. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Tons of these shows uh, became series. Uh, If you name a big Cartoon Network show... Uh, there's a good chance it stemmed from one of these shows. Okay. Name a couple. I would assume Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls was the original one, yes. Because I'm 90% sure that throughout Mina and the Count, I saw a few citizens of Townsville sprinkled in there. Yeah? Yeah. There's just one or two people. I'm like, I know that face. And then like after some time, I kind of like put it together. I was like, I think this is Townsville. Um, Dexter? Yes. Uh, cow and chicken. Yes. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, let me see about Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I don't. I don't think they that that one looks like remarkably different now that I think about it. Uh, I'm not finding Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Okay. Oh no, Ed, Ed, and Eddie was part of Cartoon Cartoon Show. Oh. Um, which was kind of a different thing. It didn't have the lab experience that this does. Okay. okay. Uh, but they were part of the Cartoon Cartoons, which. Uh, were the they came after the What a Cartoon show? Okay, all right, but like Johnny Bravo. Yes, uh, I can't even think of any more. Cow and Chicken, I said already, and mm-hmm. then I Am Weasel was a spinoff of that. Yes, uh, uh, Camp Laszlo. Laszlo, Camp Laszlo, and like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and some of those were not part of the What a Cartoon incubator. Right, uh, they came along a little later. There's a think of a big. Somewhat recent Cartoon Network hit. Not super recent, but like... Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, not Infinity Train. Um, not Over the Garden Wall. Over the Garden Wall is no. what I was going to say. Teen Titans Go! No, I'm trying to lead you. It was very, very big in the early 2010s. Oh, um, Adventure Time. Yes. Uh, Adventure Time started as an Oh Yeah cartoon on Nickelodeon. Really? And Nickelodeon passed on it. 
Really? Yeah, and then... But um, Nickelodeon passed on it, and it became a huge monster hit for Cartoon Network that essentially ushered in this new age for Cartoon Network of lore-based cartoons. Yes, there's a lot of lore-based cartoons now. Uh, some other ones that came from the Cartoon Cartoon Show and the What a Cartoon Show are Mike, Lou, and Og, Sheep in the Big City, uh, Grim Adventures Billy and Mandy, Codename Kid Next Door, and uh, Family Guy. Family Guy? Yeah, Family Guy got its start as a What a Cartoon Interesting. Segment. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, a pet project I've considered doing for some time now is the What a Cartoon Project. Mm-hmm. Where I, I've actually done enough pre-work of this, I did find almost all of these shorts huh. in various places um, of varying levels of quality. But I've been thinking of doing research on all of these. Hmm. So this is kind of a mini pilot in a way for the What a Cartoon Project, if that's something A backdoor wanna... pilot? Ha <laughs> ha! This is our The Farm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was thinking about the... I They used to run on New Year's Eve a marathon of all of the cartoon cartoons for the year in right. order of popularity. And usually you could assume the f- top five had a really good shot of going to series. Big shows, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So let's jump into Mina and the Count. Yeah, so Mina and the Count, the first episode was a What a Cartoon show. Right. And it starts off as being very, very horror-based. Yes. A vampire emerges from a coffin and comes to a young woman's room. Yes, a very young woman's room. Well, when when we see her, we don't know that. Right. She approaches and she has her blanket wrapped around herself. And it looks like she is a, you know, woman in her late teens. Right. You know, a very classic vampire victim. Mm-hmm. And then the blanket drops and you see that she is hovering two feet in the air. And that she is, in fact, a very small child. Yes. Now, then the Count pulls out, like, a list. And I want to talk about this this list for a minute. Yeah. She's listed as being 17, but Mm -hmm. she's actually 7. Yeah. And her name is Mina Harker, which is straight out of Dracula. They're looking for Nina Parker, and she is Mina Harper. Oh, really? So it is meant to be a nod to the original Dracula, but not quite. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Uh, But on that list is also like a girl of 16. Mm -hmm. And I I felt like weird about that. (laughs) Because there's something innately sexual about Dracula. I mean, Dracula was written as like an allegory for sexual awakening. Yeah. uh, I believe it was written as an allegory for like... Foreigners corrupting European it women. It is, yes, yeah. Or I'm, English women, specifically. I, I teach Dracula at my job. So, like, I've, I've gone through all this shenanigans already. And uh, so just, like, seeing that in a cartoon was a bit of a, like, ooh, for me. But, you know, it is it is a product. Of, it, it is mirroring its source material. Yeah, and it was the mid-90s. And, I mean, I watched Mina and the Count as a child. Mm-hmm. And when you're eight, 16 seems impossibly old. It's so old, right. Um, now, what's fascinating is this didn't change voice actors um, across all of the shorts. They remained uh, pretty consistent. Now, am I crazy or does Mina not speak in this first episode? Mina does not speak in the first episode. Okay. But the voice actress who plays Mina in all of the subsequent, uh, she's credited for Mina and the Count. Like, I was trying I to remember. She laughs. She laughs. Okay. We do hear her voice. She doesn't have any lines, but she does laugh. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but that the actress is incredibly prolific. Uh, our viewers probably know her best as Gretchen Grundler from Recess. Okay. Um, and she was also Tara in the original Good Teen Titans. Okay, okay. Ben 10 Alien Force, she was Gwen Tennyson. But she's been functioning and, like, she's been working since then. She's actually in Infinity Train. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, actually, our viewers might know her best as the voice of Ellie in The Last of Us. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So she's she is prolific and she is... Her name is Ashley Johnson and she is still working. Wow. Uh, and she's been working ever since she was a very small child. Who do you think does the voice? I will say it's a voice actor whose name you know. Who do you think the voice of the Countess? Oh no, not another tea party. We've had three tea parties already. Two sugars, please. I, I was trying to figure it out when you, because you said like, oh, wait till you find out who the Count is. So I was trying to listen to it and it sounds so familiar, but I couldn't quite put a finger on it. But you did just say voice actor. So is it like Maurice LaMarche? Mm-mm. Is it Robert Paulson? No. I'm just saying all the like voice actors I know. Don't don't narrow yourself that much. It is an actor you have heard of who is also a noted voice actor. Is it Alan Tudyuk? No. <laughs> is I, I don't know that. It's Mark Hamill. Really? Yes, Mark Hamill is the voice of the Count. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was super fascinating. Yeah. And um, the voice of Igor is Jeff Bennett. Okay. Who is also a noted voice actor. Uh, he is best known as Johnny Bravo. Oh, all right. Do the monkey with me. So he is... So this is like a very well-known voice cast for one of these shorts. Yeah. Now, this first episode... Mina just kind of like grabs onto the Count's leg. So he feels like he can't leave until she goes back to sleep. So he has like a tea party with her? Yeah, he doesn't want her to create a ruckus. Right. Um, So he is trying to placate her so he can leave. Right. I guess the idea being that like, oh, this can be dismissed as a nightmare in the morning. Right, right. And at one point he realizes she lives across from a young women's boarding house. Right. So he's trying to get away so he can... So he tries to go there so he can eat in one of the residents of the boarding house. Mm -hmm. And then that doesn't work out. This whole episode, the first episode, this pilot here, it's just kind of like the Count doing stuff with Mina to placate her, but there's not really a good enough reason why he needs to do that. Like, he could just turn into a bat and bail at any time, really. And then what? This little girl's going to cry. Yeah, it's it's just a weird, cute little show. And then when he gets home to Igor, he beats up Igor. He he, he bites Igor. For, because he screwed up the list and sent her, him to the house of a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And the Count's just kind of like, ah, I can't wait to see Mina again, though. But again, there was nothing really there to show a connection between the two of them. Yeah, you get the uh, you get the impression that they just enjoyed their he enjoyed spending time with her, and we actually do get a little more into their relationship as the shorts go on. Yeah, it's just this as an establishment. I was just kind of like, eh, this oh. is this feels very forced. Uh, what's interesting is this only airs on Cartoon Network. All of the subsequent ones appear on Nickelodeon. 
So the pilot never appears on Nickelodeon. Hmm. So when we see the next one, which airs about three years later, and it's uh, Mina being bullied. Okay. Mina and Vlad are friends at this point. And that's just like established. Yeah. Now this was the 90s. So there were a ton of these like odd couple, slightly weird relationship shows. Yeah. Usually they were able to hand wave it by making one of them blood related to the other. Like if you think of like a Darkwing Duck or Inspector Gadget, mm-hmm. it's always uh, the younger female counterpart's uncle. Yeah. I was also thinking like Dexter and Dee Dee. Like, they're brother and sister, and that's why they were kind of like this, they have to be together even though there's, like, an opposite to them. Yeah, they're also both children. Like, I'm thinking of adult child. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Because Dexter and Diddy, like, if she's nine and he's six, it's not that weird. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, adult and child. Right. Uncle Gadget and... Um, Darkwing Duck, Darkwing Uncle Duck, Scrooge. Uncle Scrooge, yeah. Tailspin. Yeah, that's another one. Well I mean, this was a big one in Disney Afternoon cartoons. Gummy bears. Yeah, there's a lot of uncles. Yeah, it's a lo- lot of uncles and a lot of, like, mentor mm-hmm. figures. Um, this they, can't, they obviously can't make Vlad related to Mina. Yeah. So it's interesting seeing how they kind of, like, try to deal with that. So the second episode is Mina is bullied for her show-and-tell project. Her show-and-tell project is about Vlad Mm -hmm. and about how he's her best friend. And we meet Nick, the school bully, who's, like, one of the only other kids we meet. Yeah, and he's a jerk because he's a bully. Yeah. And literally just, like, his whole characterization is he's a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is a kid's show in the 90s. There were kids who were just jerks in the 90s. Yeah. Um, So there's, like, a cute thing, and then Vlad kind of shows up and scares the crap out of Nick. And that's the whole show. No, that is not what happens. Uh, they they want to scare him, but Vlad can't go there because uh, it's, daylight. it's daylight. So Vlad records himself speaking, mm-hmm. and Mina impersonates him using like shadows and a cloak. Yeah. Mina is not here. I am Mina's best friend. What? What? Who? You. I've been a very naughty boy, Nick. Please, mister. You're scaring me. If you don't like it, why don't you change into a bat and fly away? (laughs) How was that? Did you get it on tape? Well, stop the machine. So, like, it was just enough... For him to believe it to be true, but not the other kids. So now he kind of looks foolish. He looks crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he, she, Vlad effectively teaches Mina how to gaslight. Yeah. And fear mongering. <laughs> you know, the important lessons for, like, if you're, it, kids, if you're getting bullied in school, make your bully question reality. <laughs> And fear about being eaten. Yeah, and then um, the next episode, these are all like seven minute episodes, so there's not a lot to go into. Right. Uh, The next one, they're doing the frog dissection, which is 
crazy because they're seven or eight years old. Yeah. You don't really do like frog dissection until you're in middle school. I never did frog dissection. Uh, did I, you? Yeah, in eighth grade. I hated it. Really? You had to dissect a frog? Uh, I think I tried to pull the conscientious objector card. Okay. Because um, that was a thing a lot of people did to like get out of it. Hmm. Of, uh, no, I'm not doing this. There's no reason to do this. I feel no need to cut up a thing. Like, I think by that point, I was like, I'm not going into a science field okay. in my life. So this is not a thing that I'm ever going to need to do. The the only thing I had to dissect is, I forget exactly what it was called, uh, but it was basically owl... Owl pellet. Pell- it was an owl pellet. I do that too. So it, it was something, an owl had eaten a mouse and then thrown this up, and then you can take it apart and put the skeleton of the mouse back together. Yeah, you can't really get out of that for conscientious objecting, so I had to do that too. Uh, turns out, since that doesn't hurt any, it doesn't hurt the owl and the mouse was eaten, uh, you can't get out of that one. Yeah, I, re- I remember I said, uh, is it possible that there's money in this? Like, as a joke. Yeah. I was like, is it possible that there's money in this? And he's like, my teacher was like, what? And I was like, well, you know, maybe the mouse ate a quarter or the owl ate a quarter and a mouse. And we ended up doing this, like, long uh, lesson on how there is no such thing as zero possibility. <laughs> oh, and no. And it's like, it, like, what Noah is saying is very possible. It's just the percentage of it happening is so minute that it's almost impossible to plot on this chart. And I was like, this, I was making a joke. <laughs> Please let me play with my mouse skeleton. I've been the teacher whose one question derailed their entire class. Mm. So uh, so they're, re- they're dissecting the frog. Yes. And Mina feels bad. Because Mina is innately good yes. throughout this. Um, and she tries to bring the frog back to life in an imitation of how Vlad revived a doll that was torn up. Like, yes. Nina's rag doll had been torn up. He fixed it for her, mm-hmm. but went through all the pageantry of making it, like, Frankenstein's monster. Right. So she, like, MacGyvers an electric shock to this frog after fixing him with a stapler, tape... I mean, we don't actually see the frog being dissected, but there's still moments of it that are, like, very gross. And there are shots of, like, a disassembled frog. And then she puts it back together with stapler and scotch tape. And then, like, where did she get the electricity? <laughs> I, oh, God, I forget. She, like, used the pencil sharpener. Yes. So it's this, like, little monster frog with a prehensile tongue. Yeah, we need to talk about the design of this frog. Because to me, this is so funny. Because yeah. like, for the, for the folks at home listening, uh, you know how Kermit the Frog is uh, designed, where his eyes are on the top of his head? Mm-hmm. The frog is drawn similarly, yeah. where it's his body and then his eyes are kind of above the rest of it. But then it also has a unibrow? Yes. So there's just like a <laughs> brow floating in the air above it? It is really funny. And, like, it hops around, but it also has its arms out like Frankenstein. Yeah, like that zombie horror. Everything about this frog is hilarious. Yeah, like, this part is very funny. And there's a moment that I super enjoy where the frog terrorizes the school to the point 
that it's on fire. Mm-hmm. And we get an and esta- the SWAT team shows up. Well, we also get an establishment shot of the school on fire, and the name of the school has changed to Ah. Yes. <laughs> oh, the little thing where it says like "School Dance Friday." <laughs> just it just says, ah. There's a lot of these cute little uh, sight gags in the last couple episodes mm. of the show. There's also this great gag of Vlad wants to go save her. So. Vlad is like, but I can't travel in broad daylight. And we smash cut to the SWAT team, who is wearing dark helmets and, like, could have traveled in the sunlight. Right. And you're like, oh, he travels the SWAT team. And then we see Igor dragging a suitcase by. Yes. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It, it's, it's dumb, but like... <laughs> but like smart dumb. I was not big on these first two episodes. Mm-hmm. It really starts to win me over at this point. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's just all this time of Igor, I forget how Igor like leaves Vlad in the suitcase, but we get all this time of just like Vlad's arm outside of a suitcase, like traveling the school. Because he's trying to get out, but like Mina, uh, Mina's not strong enough, like the zipper is stuck. Mm -hmm. And then the suitcase rolls up next to Nick, who just opens it. Yeah. Um, Which is very funny because then like Nick opens it. And we also meet her friend, um, oh god, her friend's like not important. It's like Martha or Mabel. Yeah. And uh, Martha slash Mabel uh, just faints constantly. Oh, yes. It's to the point where it's hilarious in a way of like, literally anytime anything happens, she faints. They dissect the frog. She faints. They bring back the frog. She faints. The the reanimated frog does anything. And at one point she goes, this is just not my day. <laughs> like the sixth time this character faints. Yeah. Um, and it's... Vlad can't stop the frogs. Vlad's hypnosis powers don't work on the frog. Mm-hmm. Mina can't stop the frog. So Frankenstein's monster, who we've established, hangs out with Vlad... Because we see him in the very beginning of this episode. Okay, I was supposed to say, did we? (laughs) Yeah, we see him in the very beginning of the episode feeling neglected. Okay. Because Vlad spent all night and all the electricity on the doll. Oh, okay. And so Frankenstein's monster rolls up and he and the frog click. Yeah, they just become friends. It's like Big the Cat. It's like frankenstein's monster went to the animal shelter and just saw the perfect dog yeah and they just kind of like look like friends and they just literally walk off into the sunset together leave and at this point it is nighttime because mina gets like walked home by vlad Mm -hmm. and he's like oh good we can go and uh mina explains that she put it the frog together like the doll and Vlad says, but your doll isn't alive. Stinger! And then there's a stinger of the doll coming to life. Yeah, I was. I really, I wanted the next episode to involve that, but it doesn't. Yeah, th- this is everything the show wanted to be. It's yes. just like, it's fun with horror. Yeah, it's a spooky, it's spoopy. Yeah, it's We spoopy. talked about this at the beginning of this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Stay Doomed. Mm-hmm. Of spoopy. Yeah. And it's... Kid-friendly, creepy, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, and this is something that kind of bugged me, though, is that why is Igor Vlad's assistant and not, what's his name, Redfield? I think they are 
relying on the idea that um, Igor is a little bit more well-known to a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, a kid knows who Igor is. Because that's the big trope. Yeah. Of like, oh, an evil mastermind has Igor. I don't think we can rely on a kid knowing who Renfield is. Right. I just think if, you, if you're going to have Mina Harker or Harper or whatever we're doing here, like, it's one of those things where, because we talk about this with, I forget what show we watched, where, where it's this interesting phenomenon of doing a parody for someone who has not seen the source material. Mm-hmm. So when they end up seeing the source material, you're like, oh, like, like um, how most kids feel about the good feathers. Yeah. And then they see the Godfather and they're like, oh, that was that stupid pigeon cartoon. Uh, the, the idea of having a kid see this and then read Dracula and being like, oh, Mina Harker. I know this kind of. Having Igor in there kind of like dilutes it. I but, see what you're saying, but I think you might be going into it as an adult. Yes. Yes, I am. I think you're looking at it. I think. There, there's an element of trying to keep it a little bit simplified for a kid. Yeah. Of like, Renfield's a really creepy topic to address with a little kid. Yeah. Igor is himself appears supernatural to a kid because he doesn't look. Hmm. He like especially the way they draw him, they really exaggerate Igor's deformities, and hmm. so he doesn't look human to a child. Right. The way a Renfield would, and that just opens up questions of, uh, it makes everything feel more sinister and more creepy than just, like, the stock character henchman. Gotcha. All right, that makes sense. And I think, like, in a lot of cartoons, we see the stock character Igor henchman in any, like, mad scientist or horror pastiche. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a trope a kid can identify with. Renfield is just so much more disturbing and so much harder to, um, ex- you would have to explain Renfield to a kid. Yeah. You don't have to explain Igor to a kid. Okay. All right. I can get on board with that. So the next episode is uh, the Ghoul's Tribunal. Yeah. This is where the line you brought up was. Yeah. I, I find a lot of what's about to happen very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically Mina is hanging out with the Count at the house. Yes. And uh, Igor's getting all upset. Yes. That Vlad's playing all this time with this human child. That he actually forgets that it's poker night with the boys. It's card night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't they say, don't say poker. poker. because They, they don't want to imply gambling. Yeah, it's like they're just going to play some go fish and some crazy eights. So, <laughs> up rolls the Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. Who... If this is supposed to be some sort of continuity, would already know Mina based off of the frog episode uh, and the doll issue. Uh, the mummy? Yes. Some sort of fish creature. The creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm guessing Black Lagoon. Um, and uh, uh, Frankenstein's wife. or The, the bride mon- of Frankenstein. The bride of Frankenstein. It's monster, right? It's not Victor's wife, right? No, uh, Victor's wife dies horribly. Right. Um, I 
Uh, they always just call her the Bride of Frankenstein. Or mm. Elsa. Oh, let it go. Uh, so they roll up. I believe up. that's named for the actress who originally played uh, okay. the Bride of Frankenstein. Not for Frozen. It's not named for Frozen, <laughs> turns out. I don't think Frozen's named for her either. So they roll up and uh, Vlad needs to hide Mina. Yes. And <laughs> I, I believe it's Igor that says, I brought my wife. Brought your wife to play cards? How about spin the bottle instead? <laughs> Sorry. There's so many things about that, and this is probably me seeing it through adult eyes, where you're like, that's really gross. Like, you've brought your wife, we should all make out with her. And also, like, She's the only woman here, yet we're going to play spin the bottle. <laughs> what? Like, we're going to see some Black Lagoon on mummy action if we play spin the bottle. Like, just based on probability. Yeah. It's one of those weird, tasteless, sexist jokes mm-hmm. that just happened in kids' cartoons. Yeah. Uh, in the 90s, which sucks. Um... But it's also phrased in a way that, like, would force a kid to go to their parents and go, what's spin the bottle? Oh, my God. When did you not know what spin the bottle was? When I was a child. (laughs) Spin the bottle is, like, a trope. Right. Like, there was an episode of Full House when I was, like, very small. That spun around, that, like, spun around her. That revolved around a game of spin the bottle. Like, that was such a family-friendly um, like middle schooler problem of like, oh my god, I'm gonna go to this party and they might play spin the bottle. Yeah, I, I, I can't recall a time where Stephanie Tanner's birthday party where I Full didn't House. know what spin the bottle was. I know that when I was in seventh grade, we played spin the bottle, but with hugs. Because I went to a Catholic school and That's we were all hilarious. really good. Like, oh, we got a hug. Mm. Oh. Let me, now, now it's your spin. Who are you going to hug? Oh, my God. Uh, they were playing Spin the Bottle in a party I attended in college, which is a weird thing because by that point you should be over it. Mm-hmm. And I had to do the, like, TGIF sitcom moment. Of, like, I walked into a room and the bottle fell between two people and pointed at the doorway where I was standing. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, what do we do? And then, like, you don't want to be like, who spun it? Mm. Because then that's, like, going to dictate yeah. your reaction. Yeah, I need to know that information. In any case, they don't play spin the bottle. No. They, they play find the Mina. And uh, Mina is a human girl, so they all freak out and force Vlad to go to Monster Court. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit... Mon- it's before Monsters, Inc., but a little bit Monster Day. Now, it, it, yeah. But it's important to note that Igor kind of sabotages the hiding thing and kind of exposes Vlad. Yeah, he kind of uh, instigates the situation. So then he fails... Guilty and represent Vlad in Monster Court. 
Yeah, and he, him showing up to Monster Court is meant to be kind of like a reveal. Yes. Like he, it's supposed to be represented as a big damn heroes moment. Mm-hmm. Which you don't know what a big damn heroes moment is because you still haven't seen Firefly. Um, that's that's the point of this show. Why would you give me that look? I you know it's not episode one hundred right now. I know, but I know our a lot of our listeners are going to know what Big Damn Heroes is. Um, and he brings in Mina as a witness. Yes, and Mina is styled to look like an adorable tiny werewolf. Yes, I love the sound effect that plays when she walks. Yeah. Because she doesn't really walk. Yeah, she flounces. <laughs> she just bounces like Tigger. Kind of. Like, it's not really... It reminds me a little bit of Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab. Yeah. And how Dee Dee moves. <laughs> and how it's not quite uh, human. Right. Like neither Mina or the neither Mina nor the Count move like a human. Right. Um, Mina bink, 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 and the Count glides. Yes. So it's kind of fun that like neither of them moves in a way that is deemed human because walking is hard to animate. Yeah, it is. And so she's an adorable little werewolf, and she bink, 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 binks under the stand, and they ask her questions, and Igor points out that it is a full moon. Yes. And so Mina is like, oh. And it's all like cute little girl pretending to be a pupper sounds. Yeah. So <laughs> Igor says, as you can see, it is not a normal human girl. It is a werewolf. Am I right, jury? And the jury is full of werewolves in like this kind of weird commentary on race issues. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Like maybe that's again me looking with adult eyes because a child would just be like, Heh, that's funny. I was like, oh, they stacked the jury so that a guilty person could get off. Because the whole idea is that werewolves look human the rest of the month. Right. So I guess having the jury be full of werewolves is like, oh, all of these people look human the rest of the month, mm-hmm. too. They could be among us. Yeah, they get it. Um, so I think you, I think you are looking at it as... An adult. adult. Yeah. I'm looking for like, I'm looking at it as an English teacher being like the symbolism here. This is a, clearly an allegory for racism. This and is our not corrupt, over the garden wall. No, it's an allegory for our corrupt justice system. <laughs> yeah. Like you are trying to make, and uh, on the next note, the next one is. Uh, wait, wait. I still have more to say about this oh <laughs> because uh, a couple like, Important things happen here, in my opinion. After they win the case, Mina gets up and said, Was the costume party over already? Costume party? Oh, oh, the costume party. Yes, it's over. Did I win anything for my costume? Which means that Mina doesn't really even understand she is with monsters. Like, at all. Yeah. And then... The, the other monsters kind of, like, apologize to Vlad and is like, um, sorry that we were upset. Bring your friend to the next card night. And then the mummy says, Oh, well, the night's still young. What do you guys want to do now? How about a game of spin the bottle? 
Like, they do that joke again. They do that joke first, because then the creature from the Black Lagoon asks the, uh, Vlad to bring Mina, because there's going to be an opening at the table. Oh, yes. Because Frankenstein's monster is beating the crap out of the mummy and using him as a yo-yo. A yo-yo. And I was just like, huh, I guess they really liked that joke, which yeah. is why I chose it for the opening. Um, yeah, so she asks, and Mina, the last episode really kind of brings this forward, but Mina is supposed to symbolize innate innocence and innate good. Yeah. Like, she's a weird little kid, but in the 90s, that was kind of like a normal thing of like the weird... The quirky one? Yeah, like this, like the Wednesday Adams, Mina, mm-hmm. Mandy, like the kind of like dark girl yeah of like you know she's good chaotic good i guess would be the way to put it of like she's innately kind and innately sweet and innocent but she doesn't see anything wrong with monsters or wearing all black or what have you yeah um so this was kind of like a trope at the time the next one is the vampire who came to dinner yeah this is an interesting episode and a kind of fun episode in that this has a lot of really good sight gags yes um it's also probably if you really wanted to get into your english teacher thing this is the episode you're gonna have to do it yeah um mina invites vlad to dinner yes with her family and uh mina's dad just has decided that mina's that vlad is mina's violin teacher yeah and the fact that mina goes along with this implies that she does understand that he's a monster. Yeah, like, I I felt like the that was a weird thing and a weird yeah. choice mm-hmm. for that to be what... I, I almost thought, that, like, maybe Mina didn't go along. Like, I'm trying to think if Mina actually, like, called him her violin teacher, or we get the idea that Mina's never actually listening when her father speaks. Yeah, that's possible, too. And... Her sister has been told she must stay home. Yeah. And her sister's name is Lucy. Lucy Hart. Yeah, um, clearly named for Lucy Wistenra. Yes. Um, she's also like long blonde hair and she's got a boyfriend named Bobby. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite side gags because she's like, I have a study date with Bobby. And you see a picture of Bobby and he's like a football player and he's smiling. Yeah. Like, and she's mad because she wants to go on her study date with Bobby, but... Mr. Harper has said, like, she has to stay home because they have to have dinner with Mina's violin teacher. Mm -hmm. Which is strange because I can't imagine that, like, if I was a parent, I'd probably want my older child out of my hair. Yeah, If my younger child was having their teacher over of, like, one less variable, one less Mm -hmm. issue. Uh, When Lucy answers the door, Vlad is very thrown. Because Lucy is... A young female human victim. Yeah. And like, he kind of like x-ray visions her and he sees her circulatory system. Yes. So, it's predatory. Like, it's predator prey. There's a lot of like, very suggestive shots of her neck, which is the weirdest thing in the world in a cartoon. Yes. Just be like, look at this line. Yeah, like, (laughs) it's... He is having the problem, and Igor has per- failed to pack his lunch for him. 
Yes. Igor was supposed to prepare a meal for him and yes. forgot. So he's starving and there's just, mm, this juicy young neck is in front of him. Yes. Um, Mr. Harper kind of just thinks that Vlad is just a weird European. Mm-hmm. Because he like enters with a cape and he looks weird. Um, and so we have that like, we have their little dinner party and uh, Lucy is immediately attracted to Vlad. Yes. Um, and the dad's like, well, what about Bobby? And we get this great shot uh, where Lucy's like, I don't care about Bobby. And it's the same picture. But now Bobby is sad. Is sad in the photo. What a great joke. It's a, such a good, quick sight gag. Um, but Lucy's immediately attracted to Vlad. And she and Nina begin to compete yes. for Vlad's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like... It, I've seen like... If this was a child's teacher... You've seen that. Like... Oh, no, this... Or, like, even a friend. Like, oh, no, my friend came over. My friend has to hang out with me. Right. Not my hot older sister. Right. Um, so they, they start competing, and Vlad uses the power of super hearing that apparently vampires have. Yeah, super senses, yeah. To, to hear the two of them argue, saying that, like, he likes me more because... And you're going to see it because he's going to eat my dish before he eats your dish. Yes. And Vlad has to kind of like psych himself up like, you're going to eat human food today. It's okay. You can do it. And what do you know? They have both made some sort of garlic dish. Yeah, they've made like garlic souffle. Yes. And jello. And but jello. Gelatin. There's always room for gelatin. Gelatin. They, don't, they can't, yeah, say, they can't jello. say jello, so they keep saying gelatin. And uh, Vlad forces down a spoonful of whatever Mina made. Yeah. There's just a potato salad. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> and uh, immediately gets sick and leaves. Yeah, he gets sick, leaves. And uh, Lucy is crushed. But, like, Mina is like, see, he did like mine the best. Yeah, so Mina is left happy. And Vlad is left sick and under the care of Igor, who then offers him more gelatin. Yeah, and like soup and like takes care of him. Um, so then the next thing we get is uh, the last episode we see is entirely in um, the Vlad's house. Yes. Vlad's trying to kick Igor out to run errands all night. So that he can play with Mina. Yes. Which undoes all the character work done in the monster trial episode. Yes. Not to mention all the things Igor has done to help Vlad in other situations, like, you know, the doll and him getting sick. Also, the fact that Igor is Vlad's, like, servant and thus has no say in what Vlad does with his time. Yeah. So this is the point where I kind of look at you and go, is this out of order that we're watching this? Because it makes no sense for Igor to be this antagonistic towards Mina. I mean, this is we watch them in the airing order. Right. Uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the... um, The order they should have... The order they were produced in. The canon order. 
Um, and apparently there is an unfinished student film that we did not watch. Really? That I just found because I was looking at something else. Um, so this is kind of the character study about Vlad and Mina's friendship. Right. And we kind of see that, like, you know, Vlad genuinely enjoys being around Mina. And she is essentially the lawful good to his chaotic evil. Yeah. And it's this opposites attract friendship. She brings out the part mm-hmm. of him that felt yeah. like Vl- it was gone. Vlad's like, let's play hide and seek and tries to get her to hide. Mm-hmm. And Mina's like, no, let's play peekaboo and just keeps popping out of places. Yes. And, and it's adorable. Yes. Because they do always animate. Um, like, Mina is never, ever sexualized. Mina no. is never, ever put in a position that makes her look like a victim outside of the very first part of the very first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Mina is always just seen as cute. Yes. Um, almost like all those things on Reddit where it's like, dad didn't want a dog. Yeah. And then it's like dad and the dog on the couch. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing necessarily sexual or romantic about the relationship, but it starts to feel weird in this episode that like he's hiding this little girl from his like roommate manservant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he (laughs) throws Mina in the dungeon to try to like hide her. And uh, this is where, like, Igor finally, like, sees her. Because she, like, appears on a boat singing. Yes. <laughs> Just peak adorable. And she's, like, in the tunnel going, like, Echo! Oh, yes. <laughs> echo, 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 Echo. Mina! Mina, Mina, Mina. <laughs> yes, painfully cute. Yeah, and, like, doing... Also, very obviously her, because she is saying her own name. Mm-hmm. Where she actually goes, like, Mina! Yeah, and Vlad tries to play it off like it's a ventriloquist thing. Yes, and it doesn't work. <laughs> and so then they are caught, and I forget even how Igor deals with being caught. I think he's just cool with it. Is that how this ends? Uh, he throws her out, and she just kind of like, bink, 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 binks down the street. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that was the series. Is like, they're just friends, and... It's an odd couple friendship. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's very short-lived and doesn't necessarily follow its own continuity. Like, they're all very separate things. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like they have different writing teams. Um, Any interesting uh, bits you want to bring up about this? I mean, Mina and the Count was the show that would not die for a while. Because it was a What a Cartoon, and then it didn't get picked up by uh, Cartoon Network. Despite the fact that they... One uh, at one point it was supposed to be in the rotation in Dexter's lab with uh, Dial M for Monkey, and instead they picked Justice Friends. Oh, okay. And then ABC considered having it with um, to run like with Adam's Family. As, really? Because like, remember, like ABC had like Bump in the Night and Adam's Family. Um, as you're talking about, like their Saturday morning. Yes. Block. I, I don't really remember Adam's family. I remember Bump in the Night, the claymation thing. Yeah, and like My reboot, name is Mr. Bumpy and I'm bumping the night. And like Reboot, I believe, was ABC at that time. Mm-hmm. So like ABC was kind of tracking in like more like 
I don't want to say mature, but like they were tracking in like being the creepier one. And yeah. the weirder, offbeat one. Yeah, something a little bit more too there. Something with teeth. But then Disney bought them. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Uh, Nickelodeon got really uncomfortable after this last short. Really? Yeah, that is why uh, this show didn't continue. Hmm. However, there's a... Have you heard the phrase, uh, my life is a teenage robot? The phrase? Or the, or the show? show? Yes. Uh, the show, my life is a teenage robot, came from them still wanting to keep the creator. Really? Rob Rendetti, um is the showrunner for My Life's Teenage Robot, and they kept him... They they greenlit that show to keep him on, essentially. I, I watched a documentary on that one. I want to say it was Nerdtastic or something. Yeah. Where it was basically like, uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot is a great hidden gem and a tragedy in how it ended. Uh, because, like, it was doing a lot of things that other shows were afraid to do. And, like, had more teeth to it than your average Nicktoon, where it was just babies doing stuff, or Doug being upset that he was a slug for Halloween. Yeah, like... <laughs> so, it, it's a cute little show. Um, now, in general, because this is something we were talking about a little bit earlier, there's there's six episodes of this. Mm-hmm. How many episodes did your average Oh Yeah cartoon get? You know, I know with... Um, the cartoon cartoon show, if you got two or three, you were going to series. Yeah, you were a series. That's why um, I'm curious, like, good. there's a lot of this for it not to have been a series. Now, I'm not sure how the Oh Yeah, because I hate to, I'm a little, uh, I was a little older by the time Oh Yeah Cartoons was running, so I wasn't watching as many of them. Yeah, I wasn't a big Oh Yeah Cartoons guy either. Um, so, they kind of did this other, like, they ran Chalk Zone. A number of times. On Oh Yeah? Yeah. Fairly Odd Parents got their start there. So a lot of them did have a number of shorts that started. Fam- Fairly Odd Parents had like five or six before it went to series. Okay. All right. So this is not uncommon for Oh Yeah cartoons. Yeah. It, um, it's super uncommon for... For what a cartoon. For what a cartoon. But there were a number of shows that ran um, several... Shorts on Oh Yeah cartoons. Uh, notably, Adventure Time did not. Uh, it only had like a few? Only had one. Wow, interesting. So, um, we want to give this bad boy a verdict? Sure. Uh, what are you th- saying? Because I, I, I'm actually still kind of on the fence. Uh, I'm going to say it's a stay tuned. Um... Some of it is a little bit product of its time in that it is hard to have an immortal adult presenting character and a very young character be friends in like 2020 when we're all kind of like looking at everything more closely like that. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like they never really went too far into uh, unfortunate implications if anything, I think the show would actually do better now. Okay. Because we kind of treat cartoon audiences as being a little more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a post-over-the-garden-wall, post-infinity train uh, cartoon network Nickelodeon, I think you could really get more of the nuance of, like, the morality of Vlad. Mm-hmm. Like, we have dealt with the Ice King. I think we can, like, start to move toward addressing Vlad. 
Okay. Yeah. So I would say it's a stay tuned in that I think it would actually even be better in 2020 than it was in the 90s because you could do a little more with it and you could address a little more with it. Uh, I, I want to give this a, a verdict that has never been given before. Okay. Right? I'm going to give this a stay doomed okay. as a whole because the first episode establishes the continuity of why these two characters are together. Mm-hmm. So that the fact that you started your show that way with a clear, this is episode one, like, then all the continuity falls out the window and nothing makes sense. Right. However, if you look at just the Oh Yeah cartoons and get rid of that pilot, what this show really should be is, yeah, meeting the counter friends. We don't need to know why. They just are because it's funny. And that's really how a kid's show should work. So you want, essentially, the Oh Yeah cartoons to go to series and just drop off. And, and we lose the pilot. Because if you take those just five, it's it's a stay tuned. It was like, there's a few moments where I legit, like, really laughed. Oh, the SWAT the team show. gag. SWAT team gag. The frog with the eyebrow. The I, photo. The photo. Like, stuff like that is so good. And, like, it's one of those things that I feel like... A lot of people who create cartoons, it takes a minute for them to, like, realize is visually they can do anything. Mm-hmm. So when a writer writes something, they're, they're, like, very big on the dialogue and then some, like, stage direction. When they realize that they can do any visual gag they want, always, is when a show really starts to click. Yeah. And, like, the people at South Park admitted that. The people at uh, Home Movies get it, where there's just like, well, we could just do a visual gag here, because we don't need to get an actor. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of the things that a different What a Cartoon nails immediately. Powerpuff Girls mm-hmm. immediately nailed this. The first Powerpuff Girls short is Meet Fuzzy Lumpkins, which is just him turning stuff into meat. Yes. Like, at one point... Uh, it hinges on Bubbles' hair turning into a drumstick. Right, right. So obviously they've nailed, like, this is a cartoon, we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And and so does Mina and the Count. Like, it nails it right away with these just kind of, like, quick design jokes that are... It, they're great. At one point, Mina's father mistakes uh, Vlad in the pilot for a doll. Yes! And Vlad has, like, the dead eyes and the dead smile, but you see the sweat on him Mm -hmm. because he's anxious, and it's a very funny joke. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good visual comedy here. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a stay tuned if you lose the pilot, which really most shows do anyway. Yeah, I mean, think about, like, even a show like Parks and Rec, where, like, stay tuned, but lose the entire first season. Yeah. So... That brings us to our next question, which is, what are we doing next week? Um, so we're like everybody else in quarantine. Yeah. And um we're gonna we're gonna jump on that zeitgeist. Let's do it. And uh Man saw a tiger, and a tiger saw a man. We're gonna do Tiger King, y'all. Yeah, we're doing Tiger King! <laughs> uh we I mean we watched it. All. Yes, so gonna... we had to, because that's what the world was doing. Yeah, we, we wanted to be able to have a conversation in 2020. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're doing Tiger King next. It's yep. going to be very interesting. Uh, we're going to watch the uh, reunion special thing right after this. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll be jumping right into recording. So get excited for Tiger King next week. Woo! It's going to be great. 
Uh, where can people reach us? Uh, you can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com. Or you can catch us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. Yes, and if you want to see us live, I'm actually doing a live show on Twitch this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships. It's a plus 18 event. Ooh. And this is actually a world championships because we have competitors from California and the UK. Yeah, all so coming it's in. more than just the people who could drive to the theater. Yeah, so if you want to be there live, it's going to be this Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash plus the number two comedy. Also, if you want to talk to me about how funny it is for a frog to have eyebrows... I'm at TV's Noah. If you're legitimately interested in the What a Cartoon Project, uh, reach out to me. I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.